Hello and welcome to Dinosaur Man News and Reviews. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. I'm king of the podcast. <laughs> this is my new thing. What I'm going to do is mm-hmm. the 100 greatest movie lines. Yeah. But I'm going to insert the word podcast in. So that was obviously Titanic. Was it? <laughs> yeah. I'm king of the world. I also wondered why. But because there's so many of them, there's 100 of them. Mm-hmm. What I've got to do is I've got to do a few each time, I think. Just or so we work our way. Got to do a hundred episodes. I'll never remember to do this bit for that long. So <laughs> you get a few more. I'll get you my podcast and your little dog too from okay, the Wizard so that's of Oz. From, oh, okay. Oh, sorry. You, you, we should guess. Yeah. Okay. Let me change it then. I'll get you my pretty and your little podcast too. <laughs> what would that be from? Pretty Woman. Yes. Same film, Wizard of Oz, nineteen thirty-nine. <laughs> okay, I got this. Nobody puts baby in a podcast. <laughs> Three men and a baby. Yep, correct, yep. Uh, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank podcast. <laughs> I genuinely don't even think I know the actual film. You wouldn't do, because I didn't. Yankee gonna... Doodle Dandy, 1942. <laughs> and that's like, best best film quote ever. Uh, we'll take the 97th best film. Wait till you get to number 96. Snap out of podcast... It's not part of it, I'm guessing. Yeah. Why didn't you have a podcast out of it? Oh, hang on. Podcast snap out of it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, let me try one more time. Snap out of it, podcast. Snap podcast out of it. Oh, uh, no, I replaced out with podcast. Um, snap podcast of it. No idea. Moonstruck. Okay. 1987. Ah. Uh, the problem is, I took a year off film in 1987. Do you remember? Mm, yeah. Remember well, I was like, oh, I'm watching every year of film, but so I'm that's taking 87 off. Should I do 10? So I only have to do this 10 times. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. The thing is, everyone comes here for great quality content. Uh-huh. The best quality content is movie quotes. Carpe diem. Seize the day, boys. Make your podcasts extraordinary. Carpe diem makes me think this is a foreign language film. Mm, nope. I'm going to guess. <laughs> You're going down the wrong rabbit hole there. I'm going to guess. I'm standing on my from... desk. Oh, oh. Oh, Captain. It's here my comes captain. the boom. <laughs> yes. Oh, Captain, my captain. It's the bit where Kevin James Stands walks on the desk out. And he's like, I'm going to be an MMA well, no, no, fighter. No, it's where he walks out of the room and all the students stand mm. on their desk and say, You taught us even a fat man can be an MMA fighter. Oh, Captain, my captain. He goes, <laughs> Carpe diem, boys. Seize the podcast. <laughs> I feel the need, the need for podcasts. Oh, that's a need for speed. Yep. Uh, it actually says, gone 60 seconds. <laughs> uh, life is a banquet, and most poor suckers are starving to podcast. Okay, so this is a film about inequality. Hmm. Hmm. It's 22 Jump Street. The problem is there's not, not been any films about inequality. Mm, no. no. It's all about the good stuff. Yeah. It's all about the great... It's Money Train. Yes. It's actually Money Ball. Oh. Um, Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. <laughs> a former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. It looks like a miracle. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. It's in the podcast. Is this from the film A Cinderella Story? It's from the film A Cinderella Man, starring... um, Russell Crowe? Yes. 
Cinderella Man. Uh, I always get that mistaken with Calcium Kid. <laughs> the um, Orlando Bloom boxing story about a milkman who became a boxer, I think. I always get that confused with Here Comes the Boom, all about a, a school teacher who becomes an MMA fighter. Oh, no, sorry. It was for me Here Comes the Boom. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, and one last one. Who's on podcast? <laughs> Is that Here Comes the Boom again? Yeah, it says here, Abbott and Costello come on and go. It says... <laughs> Who's on bit... first? It must be Here Comes the Boom. Yeah, if I remember rightly, it's a bit... He's in the mm-hmm. ring, yeah. um, and he's about to fight somebody goes, Who's on then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, that's ten. Strange, so many Here Comes the Boom. It's a good movie. It's, it's, it's a good is, movie. It's I can't movies. deny it. No, how they say sometimes you could take a film and you could take shots of that film, yeah, and it makes a picture and you could you frame take it. Any yeah. line from Here Comes mm. the Boom is an instant bit of poetry. Yeah, I mean, look, all Shakespeare was trying to do was write Here Comes the Boom four hundred years early. <laughs> the problem is MMA and wasn't think, really a concept. I think we'll all agree that the Tempest was the closest he ever got. <laughs> Caliban, very similar to Kevin James. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of News Reviews, where we talk news and we talk reviews. What are we reviewing this week, Alex? Uh, we're doing Queen and Slim, which yep. we've got a preview. Uh, so that's out in the States at the moment, but we've got a preview screening that we went to. Uh, that comes out January, end of January the next year. So that's a preview mm-hmm. uh, review for UK listeners. Yes. But of course, we're an international podcast. And uh, konnichiwa to our listeners in Tokyo. And konnichiwa to our listeners in in Atlanta. Uh, who also speak Japanese. If you do, then... Then konnichiwa. And if you don't... Then konnichiwa. And we've just improved your life. Uh, we're also reviewing Marriage Story. And for I Don't Want Your Future, Jack Sparrow, uh, I'll be talking about The Hole in the Ground. Oh. Do we not... <laughs> You've been to a park, yeah? Yeah, did we not mention the fact that the podcast environment has just been encircled by a hole? Did we're, we not... we're doing this in a in a cavern. Did we not mention that our house was built on a sinkhole? <laughs> Better than it being built on an ancient American Indian burial site. <laughs> oh no, why do you think it sank? <laughs> we live at the Overlook Hotel. Um, obviously, before we talk those movie reviews, we talk movie news. And before we talk movie news, we normally talk a little bit of gaming... News. Architecture news this week. Okay. There is no news in architecture news, so it's gaming news again, I guess. Uh, so, the gaming news this week is on the other tab on my phone, and I'm just going to bring it up here. Uh, Tyler Ninja Blevins Ooh, who's has man? suggested that esports are more difficult than NFL. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I'll never understand how college and NFL football teams allow kickers that just miss kicks, R- Ginger wrote in a since-deleted tweet. You say, you just call him Ginger. Ginger, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I feel like there has to be pools of kickers in the USA that don't miss simple kicks, or snappers that don't mess the snaps. IDK, it seems so silly, would love opinions on this. Then he later doubled down and basically, <laughs> basically argued... Fortnite requires movement, editing, building, rotating, and hitting shots. There are not positions in Fortnite. A kicker's job is literally to kick. Horrible analogy, kind of embarrassing. Uh, that was in response to someone responding to him saying that it wasn't, you know, 
it wasn't esports, so therefore it actually has some the thing merit. Is, it is, I agree with everyone but Ninja. No, no, he's right. It's harder because, right? I've never seen an NFL player drink seventeen cans of Monster and then go and play a game. This is true. Like, hang on, Ninja does it every time. The hardest thing about that is the high blood pressure he's going to be getting oh, yeah. from drinking all that exactly. monster. Like, do you remember what... Is he sponsored by monster? Little, little story from our past. Is Do you remember that time that we went out to a party um, and me and good friend Mark were drinking and you went, oh, I don't fancy drinking tonight. I'm going to drink these six cans of Red Bull instead. I genuinely don't. Do when you not this? remember this? This is at university. Right. Um, and you decided... Which year? Uh, second, I'm going to say. Second. Whose house was it? Um, you can say. Who's, they don't live there anymore if it was you. Alex, maybe? Tatnall. Yeah. Tatnall's house. I never went to Tatnall's house. Oh, then it wasn't that one. Oh, hang on. But you had six cans no, of... No, I went to Tatnall's house, but only after we left. Okay, so it wasn't that. But basically, you decided that you were going to have Sorry, six... Sorry, <laughs> shout decided... out to Alex Tatnall. <laughs> if you listen, Alex, Wait. thanks. Um... Is he still working for Coca-Cola? I don't know. That's who he was working for, isn't it? Um, Is he an evil overlord like we are? We own the media. They, you, he owns the drinks. Please continue this story that I do not have a memory not of. at all. What was the meaning of the party? Well, you decided that you weren't going to drink. You are like, oh, no, I'm not going to drink tonight, guys. Mm. I've decided I'm off drink for tonight, which is a very you thing to do. I did it for pretty much all of university until third year and then just decided to hit the bottle. <laughs> so you would have brought um, one of those multi packs of energy drinks. And it might not have been Red Bull, it might have been just like cheaper energy drink. I'm a brands man, I have to say. So and I would you have... decided that basically <laughs> you were just going to drink all six back to back as though they were beers. Yeah. You were like, oh no, you can't. You sound like a pretty cool guy, don't I? I think you got through five and you're. Six pack. And you're having like a heart attack after five. Mm. But you went. Well, I've brought the six. I might as well drink it. Yeah. <laughs> so you drank the six, and I don't think you slept for like three days after that. Hmm. Can you not remember I this at all? I don't remember this at all. Um. So what I'm saying is, I saw you after six Was it? drinks. I can't imagine you. I couldn't have put you on Fortnite at that point. Crazily, I think you were more drunk than the rest of us. Perhaps. That's the interesting thing, isn't it? Uh, don't yeah. drink energy depends drinks on your, depends on your definition of interesting energy drinks are bad for you yeah I'd agree with that yeah they are they are yeah, yeah. I went and drank a lot of them at university and <sighs> look at you Look, yeah look how yeah. bad my life turned out yeah yeah drink energy drinks once end up fair, as a failure Blevins isn't even that much younger than us so it's not like you're giving him warning in advance I feel like you know well Blevins maybe if you came on our podcast would actually be able to tell you about the dangers of energy drinks, and that actually it's really hard to be an NFL footballer because I'm not one. I don't want him on our podcast. No, you turn when, when he's saying that kind of thing about beloved NFL the thing is, players. You were always a kicker. Mm. Yeah, I remember you. You played for the Denver Broncos yeah. for like six seasons. Yeah, don't, don't know why I checked my watch to see that. Yeah, I won <laughs> no Super Bowls. No, but you had a great time. Kickers don't win shit. <laughs> and the thing is, you had a good. 12% success rate. Yeah. But they loved you out there. Mm. Thing is, all professional footballers, soccer for our American listeners, um Kanichiwa to our American listeners. They're just they they just kickers as well. Mm. So does he hate them as well? Because mm. there's no there's no positions in Fortnite. Yeah. If you're a right back in Fortnite, that means you're gonna be right back on the plane, not jumping off. Um left back. 
on the, the scoreboard on the, at the bottom of the yeah. scoreboard. On the hundreds. It's a proper dad joke, that one, isn't it? My dad used to mm-hmm. say to me, um, yeah. Peter, good. what position do you see some player go left back? And they'll go, oh, yeah, right. he goes, left, left back, back in the changing, changing room. room. There we go. Yeah. But uh, but, but uh, dads. I am glad that I am literally as funny as your dad is. No one's as funny as my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your dad is as funny as your dad, I guess. Uh, movie news. Some, some great, great news there. Yes. Um, yeah, so let's move on to some movie, and there's a lot of trailers this week. Yeah, but I'm um, not going to talk about the trailers first. I'm going to do the one thing that isn't trailer. Get that out of the way, and then we can talk trailer. <laughs> I don't want to see your nipples. <laughs> Why would you think that was the moment to do that? <laughs> you put too much energy to this one. <laughs> Disney is making uh, Planet of the Apes movie because it's the only franchise it inherited from Fox that's actually worth a damn at the moment. Um, We're not quite sure at this point whether it's going to be a reboot, a continuation, or a flat-out remake. Um, Wes Ball is going to be directing... Uh, the new movie. Uh, he has worked on the Maze Runner series of films, uh, so he has previous in terms of big budget, actiony Hollywood mm-hmm. studio stuff. Um, in a dissimilar way to any of the previous directors, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's unclear at this point whether they'll be going down the same route of, of the same thing, or if Andy Serkis is going to be involved yeah. in any capacity on this one. Um, I think the only way I would be interested is if Andy Serkis is involved. If we if that is a continuation of that storyline, mm. then I'm interested because I think not only did they get a really good pathos to those characters yeah. and an actual understanding of what's happening, but um, at the same time, it looked incredible. Yeah. And I think if we had to start again, yeah, I'd be like, oh, oh no, <laughs> oh no. But you know, the, you know. Bad ape might get his own spin-off. It's too close to those previous ones for them to start again. So I think they have to continue it. You think? Yes. We'll see. 2010, it was the first one, yeah? Maybe, yeah. I think so. Okay. And there's a good trilogy of movies. Yeah. And Andy Serkis should have got some kind of recognition for it. He did. Mm. You think he would be Ulysses Clower without (laughs) this? You think he'd be... Alfred Pennyworth um, without yeah, this? Yeah, do you think he'd be starring the TV series Pennyworth without this? Do you think he would have been in the film Burke and Hare without this? Do you think that he would have been uh, Ian Dury in the Sex, Drugs and Rock and Roll movie without this? Do you think he would have been Gollum without this? <laughs> do, you think he, do you think he would have been an established stage actor without this? Do you think he would have been born without this? Do you think he would have been called Andy without this? Um, that probably will be a horrible bit to listen to because... I got as high as I could without <laughs> peaking on the microphone, but I will amplify it so it might peak. We've always mm. peaked. We peaked a long time ago. Um, peaks are things that are important to meringues and nothing else. Well, mountaineers, I guess. Uh. Those are the two things. Meringues and mountaineers like peaks. True. Um, should we make meringue more often? <laughs> Hey, we're having our office Christmas party next Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's me got, and you. Um, no, Kate we are because um. <laughs> Olivia Munn, Jason yep. Bateman, and yep. T.J. Miller. There we go. 
everyone remember? Is Rob Corddry in that film? Does everyone remember Or am the I film? thinking of Hot Tub Time Machine again? Office Christmas Party. Was, I watched that in like... It was only two, three years ago, I think. I watched it in Jennifer like Aniston June. Is also in that <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Is Olivia Munn even in that film? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You were saying something else. We've got our office Christmas party next week. Yeah. We're going to get and drunk. Dinosaur Man HQ. Yeah, well, not here. We're going to a friend's house because our here is... We've got the hole in the ground. We can't do it. It's it's it's, it's not feasible to we've, hold we've it. We've got here. the ghost skulls. Yeah. Like, and they're like trying to drink. What just comes up and you're like, good old of my We're drinking out of the skulls. <laughs> Eggnog from a skull. Anyway, I don't know why I mentioned that we've got our office Christmas party next week. Uh, the thing is, the people who are hosting it don't even know it's going to be our... We're going to treat it as our office Christmas party. Yes. We're actually going to live blog the whole thing. Very exciting. Um, Find us on Twitch, at Ninja on Twitch. <laughs> and you'll see some hardcore fucking... At Dinosaur Man 15 on Because there Twitter. was porn on the Twitch of Ninja, oh, remember? Okay. See, it's a callback to earlier Blevins. Hmm. And you know what? A nicer time. When he wasn't insulting all those kickers. What other movies do you have? Trailers, mate. Um, let's talk A first. Load. First of all, we had the James Bond trailer. No Time to Die, which previously we've called Time to Die or something. <laughs> old, too old to die young. <laughs> it's almost time to die. Uh, so first trailer for that. So that is, I think, April next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's coming out. So this is the final Daniel Craig uh installment this is also maybe universal's first film in charge yes yes the last one was the last yeah so spectre was the last one distributed by sony this one is now going to be universal Mm -hmm. not that that makes any difference necessarily uh it is still bond yes bond back to his brilliant best no one's saying that yet, but I'm going to get that in early just in case. It's know, what they always used to say with Guy Ritchie films. Guy Ritchie, back to his brilliant best. It's rock and roller, mate. He's not. <laughs> I've had a lot of people who've seen this go, oh, I'm actually really interested in this one. It looks good. Um, it looks like it's you know a step on from Spectre because sure. a lot of people, let's be honest, didn't enjoy Spectre. Because it was trash. It had moments in it, I but they were so few and far between. I think it's... I, I genuinely think... Quantum of Solace is worse. I think I enjoyed it no. maybe on the same level as Quantum of Solace. No, have you? When did you last watch Quantum of Solace? I don't know, two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. Go back and watch it. It's Quantum of Solace is a slog. There are Spectre points. was a slog as well. There Spectre, I wanted to turn Spectre, off a lot, but there were points in Spectre that are at least enjoyable. I'd have to go back and watch it again and find out if there are. <laughs> but I am fully confident in my ability not to ever watch that film again. I think I would make a bet with you right now. Hmm. But you know that um, I'm not going to watch either. No, no, I'd bet you £10 that Quantum Solace is worse. But then I know that you are <laughs> belligerent enough to turn around and be like... I'd find good points, yeah. go, oh no, actually... I'm just hard up for cash, man. I need the tenner, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, so yeah, this looks like, you know, back to... Some good stunts in there? You know, like... Um, they might be shit in the film. They might actually... Ooh, I like they the, might have brushed them up for the trailer, you know? Obviously, there's the motorbike up the stairs one, which is, it looks pretty cool. Um, always always concerned about the actual viability of those things. But yeah, okay, it looks cool. And I think that's all you... You don't see him stick the landing, though. He might fuck that up. <laughs> um, and obviously, there's a lot of callbacks to previous things, like mm. the old um, the old car with the yeah. machine, gun, machine gun lights. Yeah, DB5's coming um, back. DB5, I think. Yeah, or DB6. It's, it set up the last one to very much follow the steps of like the George Lazenby... Um, 
start where, you know, Bond's new wife dies mm. and then it's like, oh, and it drags him back in. Hang on, did he get married? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In but this one? No, no, no. But they ran off together. The way they ran off together is very reminiscent of that film. I'll be honest with you. On a Manchester Secret Service? Yes, I, I don't actually remember what happened at the end of Spectre. <laughs> I know that there was the bit on the bridge. Yeah, him and um, the old... Um, is Hot Priest alive or dead? Skidoo. Skidoo. What? Sidoo? Leah Sidoo. Yeah. <laughs> him and the old Skidoo. Right, so he's on a Skidoo for some reason. Yeah, yeah. On the Thames? <laughs> yeah, I remember that um, thingy's face gets all mangled and then mm-hmm. uh, he turns up at London Bridge or something. And they go, they run off together and they're like, yeah, that's it. We're going uh, okay. And, just and it's very reminiscent to that on Her Majesty's Secret Service where yeah. he gets married um, and then basically he's driving along and then she dies. Yeah. It's a good and film. I thought, and Her Majesty's Secret Service, yes. It's a, it's a good Bond film. He's, he's terrible, but mm. it's probably one of the, it's in the top half of Bond films mm. as, a, as a film. I'd like to go back and watch all of the Bonds again. I keep saying this all the time. You've got them. Yeah. There's nothing stopping it? you from doing it. When are we doing it? And the thing is, I'll only join in when it gets to Dalton. <laughs> Those we missed so the, much good stuff yeah, those and are the some two very questionable those, stuff in those the Roger Moore years. It never got better than Dalton. But yeah, I think Justice this, one looks like, this one looks like it could be interesting. I'm not really sure what it is. It's a film. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what film. Remy Malik is in this Baddie. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baddy like, wears a mask. talk about playing guard and, you know... People are arming themselves better. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of it's it's doing that thing still where it's kind of it's set in that kind of throwback era of mm-hmm. oh this Craig's Bond is an older Bond and an old styled Bond, but the world is modern and new. Yeah, um, and so he yeah. doesn't know how to use his iPad. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, and you know maybe after this one we'll see. Well, we will probably see. We will definitely see Craig walk away, and we'll get a replacement. Mm. And hopefully it's Henry Cavill. It won't be. It should be. It won't be. He's too busy with Witcher Series 5. Oh. They've greenlit 5, but skipping out 2, 3, and 4. You can, the story's going to make no sense. <laughs> um, Black Widow trailer. Yes. So this is the next uh, Marvel film. Um, I think in terms of whether it fits in as a Phase 4 film is going to be mm. left to be seen because obviously... There are reasons why it might not. Well, my understanding is that it's set between. I don't Infinity want to do spoilers. War. Is the thing. It's set between Infinity War and Endgame. That's, okay. Because there's a line at the beginning of this trailer as well, where she said, "Oh, I found a family, um, and all of that was taken away," which is, I think, is a reference to the snap. Okay. Of Infinity War. So my that's my understanding. I don't know whether that's right or not. But I my thought it was in relation to the ballet school she was a part <laughs> of, but yeah. Yeah, they lost the funding when. Because uh, I thought this was like a prequel. No, I think it's. I think it's set there. I don't. Care. I think you'll get throwbacks to her previous life. Uh, okay, but, but the character. So I set. think. Okay, so this is it. Is the characters who we see in here would also have been in a prequel, mm. but played by different actors or by David Harbour with less facial hair. Yes. That's um, why they gave him facial hair. I really, I just don't trust David Harbour anymore <laughs> after the, the year he's had. So um, you can understand why I'm. You know, hesitant about this. I like the cast. Like, I, I like the cast. Until it got down to David Harbour, I was well on board. And then you know, I remembered that 2019's David Harbour betrayed all of us. I think Florence Pugh's great. Of course. Rachel Weisz is in this. Yeah, she's great. Um, and obviously Scarlett Johansson. Let's be honest, this probably came too late. She should have had this a long time ago. Um, yeah. The trade itself, it seems a bit uneven. I don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad to see Taskmaster in a film. 
Same man. I love Alex Horn. No, I love, I love, I love that character um, of this this guy who can basically learn learn your fighting patterns. And you learn, are the expert here. I well, know nothing. He, he learns kind of how you. He learns kind of how you fight. He's like it's photographic memory. So like if he watches you fire a bow and arrow, yeah. Say if he watched Hawkeye, yeah. He could learn to be as good as Hawkeye at, with a bow and arrow because he's got this kind of muscle memory that kind of adapts to how you. Do. So. He's basically a really difficult person to put down. Mm. He looks terrible. Though. Take him to the vet. Like he looks terrible. Which one this. is he? He's the guy who's wearing a school mask and has a bow and arrow at one point. You see him for like about three seconds. Is he in the black armor? Um, yeah, blacky yeah, grey yeah. armor. Yeah, okay. but like his his. Looking... He looks like generic. He looks like crossbones exactly. again. He looks generic, and that's he looks the he looks like every but... Marvel villain who isn't blue. But that character is really interesting. Mm. Um, so I'm glad... Who's playing Taskmaster? I think it's some unknown. Okay. I'm not sure, but I think it is. Doesn't matter. But I believe he's the big he's the big baddie in this. Okay. Um, but it does have that ear, that kind of idea of this is a Winter Soldier-y kind of espionage-esque thing, while also being a bit more bombastic so at what the it's same time. To be. Okay. I think so. So, yeah, I, I'm not sold on it, but there's stuff in there that I like. Get sold on it because you're seeing it for the podcast. Because after all, I've stepped away from the MCU now, other than Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man's my boy. Um, Who also, for a little while, walked away from the MCU. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, Mulan had a trailer. Yes. Um, we had a teaser, I think, previously to this, mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah, a couple of months ago, we had something. I think it was a, a SDCC or. A, D23. Anyhow, full trailer this time. Um, Looks very much the film that you remember from the 90s, uh, minus Eddie Murphy's Talking Dragon, which is obviously (laughs) the thing that has upset the most people. Well, it's upset me. Um, I don't. Eddie Murphy's just come off the back of Dolomite. If any time to get (laughs) him back on board in the Disney CU is now. I don't Uh, remember Mulan that well. Um, all remember is that I don't really know how it's supposed to be pronounced. Mulan. 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 No, not Milan. Milan? No. Mulan. 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 But what I would say. It doesn't matter right now. We've been down this rabbit hole before. Um, what I will say though is this trailer I love. Like, I like the whole aesthetic and style of it. I like the fact that if it is what I want it to be, and I know we spoke about this before. Yeah is if it is this kind of big war epic and it has elements of that original film that will help make some people happy, but actually yeah. is more about embracing that culture and that kind of the original story of of this kind of this female soldier who basically snuck into where all of these male male fighters were yeah. and basically proved her worth. If it's that story, like, I think it could be something really great. Uh-huh. Whether it turns out like that, is a bit where well, a bit trepidatious because I want it to be that, but I don't know if that's what I'll get. So here's an interesting little thing: is um, I was away for my stepdad's 60th birthday recently. Mm-hmm. The whole family was there. My niece and nephew were there. Importantly, my niece um, is watching a lot of the Disney movies at the moment, um, and I think Mulan is one of her favourites. She likes it mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so at one point, her dad said to her. Elsie, how do they find out that Mulan is a girl? <laughs> and she said, they see her boobies, which is correct. Yeah. But I didn't expect that to come out of a four-year-old's mouth. <laughs> is that actually how they do it? Uh, pretty much. I think uh, from from my memory is that I think they see her showering or something. I 
think they're probably going to change that in the movie, because otherwise it will turn into some frat comedy from the 80s. <laughs> it's from Porky's. <laughs> my phone tried to escape from my hands and I had to... What a catch. Oh no, I've cracked the screen. <laughs> no, it's fine, don't worry. Um, <laughs> uh, Free Guy trailer. You watched this? Yes. Tell me so about it. Ryan Reynolds basically finds out he's um, an NPC, a non-playable character. He's a Reese Darby, if you um, will. He's Also, we're calling it uh, Jumanji 3, guys. Just for everyone to know. Jumanji 3 is the title for Jumanji. We had, so we've had, the next level, is it? Yeah, we've had Jumanji. We've had Jumanji 2 Manji, which then, we should have called 2 Manji. And now Jumanji 3. Jumanji 3, yeah. Um, uh, so, free guy. Yes, yeah, so he's he's a guy who basically everything's perfect. You know, he walks through his days, and he starts realizing his days are very repetitive. You know, he goes to work, he sees the same guy getting thrown out through a window. His his place of work gets robbed every single day, and they just start having banter on the floor. Mm. Um, until he starts realizing, hold on, maybe this isn't the way it should be. He picks up a weapon, um, takes out a guy, and puts on his glasses, and realizes, hold on, this whole world is a lot bigger than what I sh- what it should be. And it's basically this this character realizing. I'm in a game and I'm just a part of this game and actually should I be? Uh, but then it's also about how, how have people manipulated this game. So that's the impression I got from the trailer. Mm. Um, Tyler Blevins is in this film. Yes, I know that because I just saw that on the news stories that I was researching. Um, but I think it's got some of that... Uh, he has a line in it where he says the NFL is trash and, <laughs> and he says, don't at me, bro. Um, I think it's got some of that Ryan Reynolds charm, that the stuff that you enjoy from him. Um, obviously, very reminiscent of Van Wilder. <laughs> Every character he's ever done. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back to the earliest one I could remember. <laughs> Did, two guys, two guys in a pizza, pizza place. place. Yeah. yeah. That's um, and I think you know, there's sort of an stuff. unofficial sequel to Wreck It Ralph. This film, <laughs> but I think it's 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 an interesting idea in also an unofficial essence. sequel to Hardcore Henry. <laughs> It's an interesting idea in essence of yeah. this idea of this NPC um, kind of almost like a um, awakening or realisation of where your place is in the world around you. Mm-hmm. That's And put it into this kind of modern setting. Sure. Um, and that's really interesting. Apparently the the footage they showed at uh, one of these Comic Con festivals yeah. um, got really, really great feedback. Like people loved it. Mm-hmm. But this trade really doesn't work for me. Like okay. I just felt it, it's comedy really missed. Um and the, the what sort trailer, of level are they going for with the comedy? It's your basic level. Van Wilder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Van Wilder, party liaison. Um, I think a lot of that may be down... Uh, so the writing in the film... Uh, I did research this earlier because I was just trying to find some information out and I'll... You vamp for 10 seconds. Yeah, so ba- basically just... I think it's got some good people in it, but it didn't quite... I would say, like, I, I don't know whether it's because... When, as soon as I heard the idea and then as soon as I heard good stuff was coming out about it I was like I'm actually a bit hyped for this film I'm, I want to see it um, yeah. and then I saw it I was like that doesn't really hit the expectations that I wanted and maybe that's that's a me thing of being like ah oh, damn I wish it could so, together so uh, the there was slight cause for concern because um, the so the guy who did the screenplay and uh, co-wrote the screenplay and also did the story um First credit was Dr. Doolittle, Tale to the Chief, which I didn't know existed, which is hilarious, <laughs> uh, where Dr. Doolittle's daughter becomes, I think, the vet in the White House. Is this, is this, is this um, Dr. Doolittle 3, like the Eddie Murphy ones? Like, 
Yeah, oh, so the, yeah, this is this is a sequence to yeah, a yeah. sequel to. I remember the, this. Okay, okay, good for you. Because I remember, I remember two, and he was like in his little hut, and then mm-hmm. he finds out his daughter can speak to the animals. Yeah, and then that continues that story without continue. Eddie Murphy. Oh, wow. Um, I know what I'm watching. A ten year gap until last year's The Christmas Chronicles, mm-hmm. starring Kurt Russell. Okay. Um, and then this year's The Adams Family, and then Playing with Fire, the John Cena firefighter. Great stuff. I've heard things about it. <laughs> Were they all positive? <laughs> yes, of course. In opposite world, um, he's also done the story for uh, story the for scoring. the story for Scoob, Ooh. the new Scooby Doo movie. Can't wait. So you so know, he's, he's playing in a certain ballpark, but then this seems like it's going to be a raunchy adult comedy. So he's also been. Uh, Attached to the Jetsons to do the um, screenplay, the screenplay for that when they make that, mm. and Rin Tin Tin, pr- presumably a biopic about Rin Tin Tin, the dog actor. <laughs> oh, hang on, an elite military dog on a covert mission to prevent a large-scale attack. <laughs> what? Sort of an unofficial <laughs> sequel to Scoob. <laughs> no idea what Rin Tin Tin is. Well. Okay, he's also doing Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Look, there's a oh, lot he's of stuff a busy going man. on. <laughs> yeah. Who is this? Uh, his name is. Uh, I don't know if we ever said his name. No, we didn't. It's Matt Lieberman, uh, and the director is Sean Levy or Levy, who has just come off the back of directing some episodes of Stranger Things, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, I think. Potentially, Night this... at the Museum. That's his series. Ah. He's done the Night at the Museums. I think potentially this could be something really good. Yes, um, it's got the right people involved, like as in cast wise. Uh, yeah, and it's got you know even if your script isn't great, you've got people in there who will just throw lines at you, and those lines will work. Mm-hmm. Um, what if they edit those out? They probably will. <laughs> <laughs> you have no faith in this film. All of a sudden, and I, I want it. I want it to work, and that's why I'm not going to completely write it off. Like okay. I said, the trailer just didn't work for me. Um, and I'm not going to write it off because I think it's got the right kind of people attached to it for an idea like this to work. Sure. So I will watch it with anxious hesitation. Okay. Cool. Uh, I think that's sort of couple of first couple of months of so. next year we get that. Uh, so watch this space. Mm-hmm. Final trailer just dropped just now. Good thing we're recording <laughs> super late and. The tiredness isn't affecting me. Is Wonder Woman 1984. Um, Just had a trailer at the Comic-Con in San Paolo, I think. I was about to say San Diego. Then I realized that's not in Brazil. And then I was like, I know it's in Brazil. So I'll just have to say San Paolo. Sao Paulo. That's what I'm thinking of. Rio de Janeiro, maybe? Is it in Rio? I don't know. Doesn't matter. You know what? Let's talk the about it. The trailer was online anyway. Let's talk about it. Um, well, let's talk about the fact that she goes full James Hetfield here and rides the lightning. That does happen. Like, a lot. <laughs> Glorious Sorry. joke. Um, we're all going to pause for... Do you want to see my nipples now? <laughs> three seconds. Well, we just embrace... What a great joke that mm, was. Thank so, you. And... I hope you embraced it. That was half a second, <laughs> if that. I can't just free in my head. No wonder you're rushing everywhere. Your Mississippis are so short. That's why J.K. Simmons is always telling me off. <laughs> Never dragging. Why are we, for the second week in a row? No, we had a week off in between, but we definitely did. Because yes. I've re-listened to the 21 Bridges review today. We make a rushing and dragging reference yes. there. Okay, moving on. Talk about it. Um, 
She rides the lightning, rides, James Hetfield style. She does ride the lightning. Mm. It's really there's a whole load of whips in this, like a whole lot of the lasso kind of whipping about places. Mm. Like almost every third shot is that kind of yeah. Um, well, it's in the eighties, and of course, sl- Devo's whip it was also in the eighties. So I think that's kind of three seconds again, guys. Okay, and how many good jokes it? do you think I'm gonna have? Hopefully, not many. Because <laughs> I got that bandwidth. Um, we got nothing but time, my bread, my breader, <laughs> my breader. Um, so my my initial thought was yes, okay, it's great to see that character back. Sure, I really like. We that. enjoyed the first one. Yeah, I think it has a dodgy third is, act, but yes, but overall that film was a positive experience for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, but it's two thirds of a I, good comic book movie and one third of a very standard comic book hmm. movie. And I look at this one and I'm like. It seems to have embraced almost like the the attributes of the DCEU or whatever they're calling it these days. But I don't really like. Uh-huh. Like it's almost like they decided everything has to be flashy now. Everything has to be kind of like oh, it's all neon colours because that's what's cool now. Like it it was. There's a lot going on in this trailer, and I don't really understand how it all fits in together. You've got Pedro Pascal. You've got um, that's who it is. Chris Pine coming back. Yeah. You've got the. Um, Ah, uh, Cheetah. Kristen Wiig. Yes, she's in this, but we don't really kind of see what that what that's about. But that's good. We don't want to see it yet. You've got, you know, a thousand kind of different battles. There's a bit where people are running over logs and it looks like an ancient kind of Olympic festival. It, 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 that um, bit, I'll tell you what that bit reminded me of. It reminded me of Percy Jackson. It reminded me of John Carter of Mars. Great film. Um, you know, you've got... If you're aiming for the stars, go for yeah, Mars. Yeah, you've got her riding lightning. You've got her... James Hetfield. You've got these flips of cars and stuff like that. And I'm like, I think the reason the first one worked for me was because a lot it of the time... It wasn't like all of the other stuff? A lot of the time it was about the character and it was set it, it was set in a time period where you could explore that character and the moments of pure hope in that mm. character. Like That trench moment in that first film is probably one of my favourite comic book moments. Yeah. I think it's such a powerful moment. And looking at this trailer, it just went to me... Oh, no, what are you doing? But I think this is the thing, is that that first film was of its setting in terms of the way it the way it develops as a story. Mm. It works for for that, and, and it makes the character work in that environment. Um, I wonder if, you know, they're going to play on the fact of, you know, 1980s culture being so sort of, power driven and male centric and sort mm-hmm. of you know wolf of uh, not wolf of wall street but wall street and you know very male centric yeah. might be the way they're going with it and saying well here's a couple of characters in Kristen Wiig and uh, Gal Gadot here who you know we're we're going to try and make them the power players here mm-hmm. and see how that works in that 1980s environment that's the only thing i can think is and you get the, the way it's probably going to go like pedro pascal's character is one of those kind of wall street guys yeah sure um and to that like where he's I, like a new money guy who's like I can teach you how to be wealthy and successful yeah, just yeah, like and me. And there is that promo video in there that looks very much like a, hey, do you want to earn as much money as I do and drive fast cars and have mm. sex with expensive women? It's basically those, have you seen those adverts before YouTube videos where it's like, oh, hey, I'm just I'm just hanging out in my garage. Oh, yeah, that's my Lamborghini. I'm just like, I want to help 300 people become millionaires. You know that night. guy? Yeah. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> He's a real piece of yeah. shit. Yeah. Yes. It's like... 
the thing is... When you're in your garage taking this video, he's, mate. He's in his thing. He's in his garage, right? And he goes, oh, it's just my uh, half a million dollar Lamborghini there. And then he goes, I read loads of books. I got two bookcases full of books. Yes. It's like... Wow. I have two bookcases. Yeah. They're comic books, but they're still books. Hey, there's also a book. He, but, thing is, he doesn't tell you what's in his. Mm. Biff, Chip and Kipper, all the way. <laughs> I read Biff, Chip and Kipper, and I realised I could rewrite it and make millions. <laughs> That's how I afforded this half a million dollar Lamborghini. <laughs> also, I have two bookcases. It sounds like Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Where he talks about leather-bound books and, you know, smells of rich mahogany. And you just think... You are a parody of yourself, and you are trying to be taken seriously as a money man. And it's like, oh, by having a positive attitude, you can achieve anything. Wrong. You have to read yeah, two bookcases. He's the kind of guy who, like, people will pay, like, £600 just to get a consultation with him. Sure. And that consultation will lead you to nothing. Of course. But he's got £600 of your money already. Like, yeah. you don't pay him afterwards. You don't go, oh, actually, mm. that was useless. Like, you've literally mm. just went, oh, yeah. Have there you, is have no money-back guarantee have you ever had a bookcase? like him. <laughs> Yeah, he just he takes you <laughs> he into his living room and goes, here's two bookcases. And you go, I've paid £600 to look at your bookcases. And he's like, no, no, they're your bookcases now. You can't dissemble them. <laughs> oh, no. So you have to drag them home. It's character building. <laughs> um, Think about how much money he's spending on bookcases every time someone comes around. No, like, not 600 Drop in the ocean, Pim. Drop yeah, in no, the he's ocean. Like, he's like, good investment. I've yeah. literally, I spent 30 quid on yeah. these. A couple of billies from... Uh, just goes on Facebook from Marketplace. Shit on there, just like, free bookcases, please. Somebody's like, oh, yeah, I've got a couple. He's like, yeah, yeah I'll take them. I've got a couple I'm trying to give away. I've just paid 600 quid for them. I'll take them off your hands. It's the same <laughs> oh, guy. No. The worst pyramid scheme you could ever be part of. And the cycle of. continues. Um, and was... he somehow isn't in jail yet. And he has a Lamborghini. Yeah. What do I have? I've got a hole in the ground. Yeah. Speaking of which, we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> Tell me anything else you want to talk about. She wears a gold outfit. That's crazy. She's dressed like an eagle. Yeah. Apparently, that's a real thing. Uh huh. I got yeah, sent. I got sent comic a, yeah. a picture of it. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. You know um, nerds. Like I said, for me, <laughs> for me, it's just a. I know them as well, but I don't like to admit it. <laughs> it for me, it's just a thing of going. Um, I really like that first one. Mm-hmm. And this seemed to me, and even from like the posters when they were announced, like it seemed a bit garish. Um, and it looks like it's a, a little bit... And yes, if they go down that angle, that angle it could work. Um, sure. But once again, I don't know what they're doing with this. And I hope they realise what makes that character so good. Sure. Which is hope. It's, it's a character mm-hmm. of a symbol. A symbol that you know, can unite people. Um, and worked really well for two thirds of that first movie. Um, whether that whether that continues in this one, I don't know, and that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, it's uh, TBC, I suppose. Yeah, and- I mean we've still got six months ahead. You're going to get two or three more trailers out of this, I and reckon. I think we'll get a better feel of it maybe the next In the next trailer. Because yeah. this is one just to kind of go, oh, this is kind of the vibe you're going to get. Yeah. And it's it's all action, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But then again, they're not going to put story moments in the trailers that much, for particularly for this type of film. So I do wonder whether we're going to... I think there's going to be some flashbacks to previous life and yeah. you know all that. And in the same way that the first one did balance that stuff out pretty well, I mm-hmm. thought. We'll see. Um, anything else? No, no, no. Okay, so we'll get on to our best segment. I don't want your future, Jack Sparrow. I don't want your future. Uh, 
Um, Jack Sparrow. I mean, what we'll do is just week on week, we'll just rotate another Scottish celebrity in there. So, I don't want Jeff, you jab. 500 miles. <laughs> um, what did you see? The Hole in the Ground, uh, which came out uh, beginning of this year, January, February time, 2019. Uh, so as we've previously discussed, this is a segment where we discuss a film that's come out this year only. Yeah. Mm, next yeah. year's going to be a slog for the first few months when we haven't seen anything that's too old yet. <laughs> um, directed by Lee Cronin, wrote by, uh, written by Lee Cronin and Stephen Shields. Uh, about a young mother sort of living in the countryside of Ireland, you would call it, slightly isolated, uh, and bringing up a young child um, who then they discovers a gigantic hole in the ground in the woods behind their house, um, at which point she becomes convinced that her son is not her son. And... That's the logical conclusion. Stuff goes on from there. Um, it's an interesting thing. I, there's stuff in it that I really liked. And as a as a fan of horror, I think some of the stuff works. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it doesn't. And, uh, and, and the issue for me was like, doppelgangers and things like that are an interesting concept and can be done really effectively. I mean, look at us right now. Look at us. <laughs> Wait. Nobody knows, but we're couple actually of, the exact of, same person. A couple of guys having a podcast looking exactly like each other. Uh, but if you look at us from, from March this year, uh, that is a real example of, okay, so you're using doppelgangers in an interesting way and you're actually making a statement about what that is. This film obviously is is a film about parenthood more than anything else and the horrors of that, and that is a horror route that is very well-travelled um, and sometimes to great effect sometimes to not so great effect. Mm-hmm. Here, I think it hits some beats, it misses a lot, and unfortunately, it just means that it ends up being quite an uneven film. Um, the stuff that is good is suitably creepy and eerie, but for me, if you're aiming for that, if you're aiming for the creepiness stuff, then it needed to be more of that. And if you're aiming for making a statement about something... It didn't do enough of that for me to to feel like you were ever really making that point. So, yeah. I mean, for me, I think it would it's a would not recommend. If you know, if if you're less well travelled in the horror genre, maybe this is something that you can get into and go, oh, okay, this works for me in a way that maybe it doesn't for a more experienced or more sort of um, uh, indoctrinated member of that community. But you know. I, I, I don't want to seem like I'm disparaging people from making these kind of movies because it's good that this movie's been made and it's been made for relatively little money. Yeah. And, you know, I like supporting horror movies. I like supporting interesting and original stuff. And the, the problem with this is just it feels slightly stayed in terms of I've seen a lot of it before. And it, this, the scares just weren't there. The creepiness wasn't there for the majority of it. Good performances, but... It just lacks something. There wasn't the spark that really means that, oh, it's gripped me. So for that reason, I think it's a would not recommend. But I can appreciate that if this is something that you're looking at and going, oh, I'll give it a watch, you it might get work. something out of it. But for me, it, I, you know, it just wasn't that. Noise. Uh, let's move on Reviews. to start with Queen and Slim, I think. Yes. Um, so Queen and Slim which is out, I think, 31st of January 2020 for us here in the US, uh, UK, sorry, 
uh, already out in the US, released over Thanksgiving weekend, and did fairly well for itself actually in its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's a it's a fairly limited um, audience, but I think it did pretty well. It, it got a good return. Um, so this is uh, a film about a first date, a Tinder date gone wrong. Know that feeling. <laughs> I mean, I hope you don't know this feeling. <laughs> no, no, the exact uh, feeling. Um, so, directed by Melina Matsukas, uh, written by Lena Waithe, uh, James Frey, and others, apparently. Um, <laughs> I would have gone into <laughs> it, but I'm afraid of clicking off the front page just in case I lose everything. Um, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith as Slim and Queen, yep. although... Never referred to as those names in the film. From no, what I remember. I think so. But okay. Anyway, so story of a Tinder date that turns into a essentially a cat and mouse hiding game mm-hmm. after a sort of routine traffic stop goes, goes awry. awry. Uh, I'm not going to say too much else. No. Go. They go on the run from there. Yeah. They yeah. Could- Inadvertent criminals, essentially. That's okay. So it's a story of inadvertent criminals who then go on the run for reasons. I I don't want to say anything else because it would really actually, yeah. That's that's about what we can say. Um, What we can do is talk around the rest. Um, So first things first. I think Daniel Kiyula is 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 a good performer. I think the real deal. Yeah, and I think he's he's good in this. I think it's a mm-hmm. good, it's a decent role. There's some interesting dialogue in there. Some of it really works. Yeah, a lot of it really doesn't. I think the emphasis on there is yeah. some of it. Yeah, and again, it's a it's an uneven film because there are moments where, and it's a so it's tonally a very strange film. Mm. And I think we both agreed on this that. Tonally, we thought we knew where it was playing, and then occasional scenes, it just goes and plays in a completely different space. Yes. But still, whilst trying to maintain that air of being a very serious drama. It really kind of pushes this thing of being like, oh, we are we are giving this message, we are this is the tone and this is the mm. meaning of our film. But at the same time then it goes, Oh, but also we're straight up comedy at times. Yeah, and you go, hold on, but that doesn't fit with what you have been doing up until this point. And then immediately goes, oh, but now we're now we're a really serious drama, and now we're an, we're an action adventure film. Yeah, but now we're a comedy again. I'm like, yeah, but what are you? Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing is that it ends up being a distraction more than anything else. I think the the fact of the matter is you you kind of you you might get into a rhythm of going, okay, I know what this film is, and then in five minutes time. It goes, yeah, but we're also going to have a good joke here. Mm. And you get, yeah, but are you playing for laughs or are you not? You need to, it needs to make up its mind more than it does because you can have moments like that, but not entire scenes where or it characters. feels like you're watching a different, yeah, or character. I mean, <laughs> there is one character in it who I think I could remark to you as I came out, felt like a Dave Chappelle character. <laughs> like it, it really felt like something from Chappelle's show. And you were like, why is he. The way he is. Yeah, you do do struggle to find reason behind Mm. a lot of its creative choices, I think. It's one of those as well where even the characters themselves, like your your main two leads, have inconsistent characters where they they have certain beliefs that they hold. Yeah. That they will then go on and just ignore. 
And it, while it gives an interesting wrinkle to the character at the beginning, it's almost like you went, oh yeah, but they should just do this because yeah, it is, why not? There this are, is what you would do, obviously. I'd say there are three or four moments of complete 180s in terms of character arcs and character traits. And the problem is, I can understand a character changing like that, but not to not when the start point is so extreme and then the yeah. end point is so extreme. It has to be a more gradual sort of, you know, you can see them drifting or potentially snapping, but not from right there to way over here. Mm-hmm. It just, there are, there are, I think there's three or four moments in the film where I just go, I don't believe that. And ultimately, yeah. if I don't believe that, it's very hard for me to get engaged with the film because I feel like as good as the performances may be, and I think Daniel Kaluuya's one is good, I think Jodie Turner-Smith is... It's okay at times. Yeah, I mean, times but again, I think I think a lot of it is reliant on the dialogue, and the dialogue just is... Clunky. Is clunky, and there's a lot of cliche in there. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot where it just feels... It's, it feels amateurish at times, and that's the problem. I think I said to you, it seems to me like the kind of thing that I would have written at university, and that is not a positive on this script. No. Like, it is, it's clunky, and it, it's derivative. It becomes then almost like there's certain arty things you do, like where people start having a conversation on screen, yeah. and all of a sudden they'll, their mouths will stop moving, but the words will continue while people stare out wistlessly into the distance, and you're like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, but it doesn't quite work. Yeah, uh, I think um, that's that's its key problem. Is nothing ever quite fits. It seemed to me like they had an idea and went, okay, this is going to be this film. Mm. Like it, it, basically, if I tell you what film it is, then it kind of gives away part of the plot. But basically, they go here's an old film, and here's a reference that everybody gets. Mm. Here's a modern day take on that. But how do we get to this point? Yeah, and because of that, they get lost in that. And the kind of imagery of what that was, and I'm really talking around it, but like lost in the imagery and stuff like yeah. that, that they then lose the way and go, okay, we've now lost what our characters are in that. Yeah. And I think it's it's the downside of, of kind of going, well, can we do this with this story? Mm-hmm. And can we make this story a modern version of that? And I think it's a problem that Hollywood does run into a few times where, where you where you take an existing property and go, okay, so if you take the vibe of this and then add it with this and this mm-hmm. and set it in this contemporary setting, then we can kind of make it whatever we want it to be. And it's like, yeah, but you've got to actually make sure it works as that. And this film just doesn't for me. Uh, yeah. Which is, you know, it's it's sad because I would like to be able to support it and say, you know, this is a great film, go and see it. But for me, I mean, it's a would not recommend because I just, I, it, if there was something there, then I completely missed it. Yeah, it has for me. It has one or two moments, and it is really fleeting moments. Um, no, I think we got pretty lucky with a lot of our preview screenings we've seen. Where it, you it, kind of go, it's been pretty consistent in terms of they've been good to okay, mm-hmm. or, or, or really good, really great yeah, yeah. to we've okay. Seen, we've seen some really you good know, ones. Love Simon was one of the ones. The Hate You Give was one of the ones. You know, there are even even like. Crawl, like you got something out of Crawl. Crawl like, works see, as what it is. And I can see why people would enjoy Crawl. It just really wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But this one, I kind of just came out of going, who is this for? I don't really get it. I I, this it. is the thing is that with Crawl, if you look at it as what it's trying to be, it works. If you look at this as what it's trying to be, you still don't know what it's trying to be <laughs> because it doesn't know. 
So that's my yeah. issue with it. So I no, wouldn't I recommend, recommend it. Um, but it's you know it's out on the thirty first of January in the UK. It's out in the states at the moment. If you are interested, if you've seen the trailer and you do think, oh, there's something there for me, go and see it and let us know. If, you know, if you get something out of it, because I'm genuinely interested now. Like, mm. have I just missed something, or is it you know Potential. was I expecting something different from that story? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, wrapping it up this week then is Marriage Story, written and directed by Noah Baumbach, um, sort of semi-autobiographical account of his own divorce. Um, uh, for central characters, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, uh, sort of their breakup of their marriage and the sort of the the emotional arc of where that breakup takes them to in terms of their relationship with each other and also with their child. Yeah, and also a bit it's a bit about the kind of the actual divorce system as well, which I found very interesting. Kind of like, yeah, the oh, legal the legalese behind it all. Yeah, um, so this is a film that is hotly tipped for Oscar uh, contention this year, and you can see why in terms of I think. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a story that plays very much to the performances. Yes, because if one of them's on screen and then the other one isn't on screen, the next scene will be the other person for the entire. You know, you're yeah, not yeah. seeing a scene where neither of these characters are represented. And I have to say, the performances are really good. Oh, fantastic! But do you ever expect anything less from Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson? You know, these are good performers here, and they are given really good stuff to work with. I think, mm-hmm. like. It's interesting. So I, I was watching this film and I was going, okay, I I can completely get what's going on here. And it's really interesting to see this perspective of it. Now, so the child in it, Henry, um, is eight yeah. at the time of the, the, the start of the divorce proceedings. Now, that's also the age that my parents split up. Mm-hmm. I was seven going on eight at that point. And there are... I think there's some interesting parallels to draw there. And the, the, the interesting thing with this was that there was never any custody battle with yeah. regards to, with the kids, with my with my um, situation. Uh, situation. But this one there is. And it's kind of interesting to see that. But there's a lot of things in it where I was watching it and I was going, how much of this was going on in the background that I didn't see because yeah. I was a kid? How much of this was because I was the Henry in this situation? Mm-hmm. And these conversations and these arguments may well be happening. And you can see where the breakdown of the relationship comes. And, you know, you can tell there is love for each other there. But what is that love based on? Yes. And was the love ever pure or was it for selfish reasons or was it for convenience's sake? And it asks a lot of questions about the reasons why people are together. But there is also a lot of hope in the story as well. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a really interesting and really detailed look at this. I think there's also the flip side of that of how much are you willing to hurt those that you love to be able to get exactly. what you want and how under the auspices soon, of saying that you just want what's best for the child yeah, in this especially situation. Especially as soon as you get these lawyer characters and I think the lawyer characters are played incredibly well. It's I think um, all three of them yeah, are Alan, great so there's Alan Alden, Ray Liotta and Laura Dern. Oh, that's it. So Laura Dern okay. is being tipped for so she's got two roles anyway she's got this one she's got little women coming Mm. out as well but i'd say on the strength of this performance she's probably a lock for a supporting actress nomination just because she she plays a role that is a difficult role to play because it's essentially someone who is encouraging you as a 
as a human being to fight against people you have at one point or mm-hmm. still love. And that is, you know, and to play that with any degree of like, because you do like the character to a point, I think, her character. Yeah, to a point. But then you also see, like, okay, right. There's manipulation going on. Um, because obviously these people are, they're, you know, um, there's a line by Ray Liotta's character in this where he says something along the lines of, you will hate us by the end of this because we represent everything that's bad about this situation. Mm. And um, we, we, will make, we will make you realise everything that's bad. Yeah, and you kind of go, oh, okay. That's true. And, is it, there's also a line where it's like, um, certain lawyers see you, bad people at their best, while divorce lawyers see good people at their worst. Yeah, so criminal lawyers see bad people at their best, and yeah, divorce lawyers see good people at their worst. Like, there's some really nice stuff in there, like those kind of things where you go, it makes, it's real nice kind of realisation of the situation because, you know, it's not something that I've, You've never myself, been through that process, it's, no. It's, it's really nicely kind of tied together, seeing that situation, seeing the kind of like, oh no, I can't mess anything up, I can't say the wrong thing because the slightest thing I say can be taken out of context and somebody can use it. Anyway, you can weaponize you can weaponize your love for somebody in a situation like that. Yeah, and um, you and you can you can weaponize any conversation you've had mm, for them and uh, with them. There's a point in here where the smallest of things has been brought up, mm. um, and it's, it's and a, then becomes a point of contention in the in the court of arbitration. Mm. You go, wow, okay. And there's a really powerful scene between um, Scott Johansson and um, Adam Driver where they they meet back up, yeah. and it's it's a it's a it's a phenomenally acted scene and yeah. it's a real roller coaster of kind of well how do you ever how do you ever get back from here mm-hmm. like this point in time how do you ever get back I think, is uh, can you reconcile after this argument mm. and i think for me it started quite slowly like mm-hmm. i thought it start i was intrigued but i was kind of like okay but as the film got on and as soon as you get kind of more into these characters and they start getting you start getting a bit more deeper it's like okay now i'm i really kind of care about what's happening yeah. here um i you think have- you invest in the characters. I think every... I mean, it's interesting in that there is a sort of setting of show business and yes. um, stage uh, stage plays and things like that as well. And, there, I mean, there is quite literally a Greek chorus who tell you mm-hmm. what is going on early doors, which I think was actually a nice... T- I think it's one of those things that I could either really go for or really yeah. hate. But I saw it, I went, oh, Greek chorus, nice, interesting. Okay, I like that. <laughs> and then I forgave it immediately. And I think a lesser film might not have been able to get away with it, but because I was so invested in the characters already, because I, I think I was gripped from the beginning. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm with you here. But that Greek chorus, I was like, oh, okay, I'll hold my hands up and say, <laughs> you were brave enough to do it, and you've, you've actually made it work. It's a really great supporting um, in there as well. But it also, yeah, and this is what I was going to say, is that, because your central characters, there's you know, there's four or five central characters in the film. It does feel like a stage play at times, not in terms of it feeling stagey, but being in, in in terms of it's all about the interactions between these characters, mm-hmm. and you have to buy into these characters, otherwise the film doesn't work. And yeah. in the same way that if you don't believe in a performance on stage, the play doesn't work. And if one of these four or five weren't pulling their weight. You wouldn't believe it. I think Alan Alder's character is really interesting because mm-hmm. he brings a breath of fresh air to the proceedings because up until that point, you have seen a lot of people sniping at each other and manipulating each other to get what they want. Yeah. And he he brings the hope and the, the, the kindness of the human spirit mm-hmm. to the play 
a film like rather a bre- like a breath of humanity yeah and i think i think it's important to have that because otherwise it might feel a little too overwhelmingly cynical yes and but I think-, I think i think that's the beauty of noah Baumbach's screenplay here is that he has mixed in a lot of the animosity that brews there but also made sure that he never loses sight of the fact that there is hope for reconciliation there is hope for um continuing with your life and making sure that the happiness of others is taken into account when these things go through. Not in all cases. I mean, you know, there's obviously horrible divorces where there is no reconciliation at all, but there there always has to be that hope of that you can still see the good that drew you to that person. In the, mm-hmm. and the I mean, the last scene of the film, uh, not the last scene, but yeah, the sort yeah. of run up to the last scene, when he's reading to his son, I was on the edge and, you know, mm-hmm. really sort of chin-wobbling chin and sort of really about to go. Um, I really loved it. Yeah, and I think it's it's great and there is some real levity in it as well. Like, it's not all just kind of a... Oh, some really funny situation. moments, yeah. Some really good, and some great characters of those kind of... Especially, like, the tertiary characters who are there to bring them up. I think it does sometimes... Like, if I was going to say anything kind of negative, I think sometimes it devolves into successful people whining about their problems territory. Where, yeah. where you you know it's like oh she was a famous she was a famous movie star mm. and it all went bad but this guy was the one who picked her up and mm. oh now we've got to get divorced and no oh, no he's got a six hundred thousand grand grant like yeah. it, it 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 sometimes has that element to it where I'm just like there's there's a shot basically where you see these two people with their really successful lawyers and behind them you see all these people who have none of that mm. um, but are still trying to get through this situation you kind of go. Yeah, like you're you're splitting stuff because you're successful, but actually, is would it would this story be more interesting if it wasn't successful people? Mm. Um, but then you wouldn't have maybe had these these lawyer characters, but you would have maybe had the tertiary ones, the ones who were maybe a little bit more sleazy. But that's that's and I suppose that is literally all ifs and buts. If you argue for it, you have to say, well, Noah Baumbach is taught to write what you know, and yes. that relationship was essentially his relationship. So, and you know well-established and respected director and writer and you just think well no no and this is the thing i'm not saying that it's a, it's a but i can appreciate i can appreciate that because... it sometimes feels like a woody allen movie in that respect of two and actually it sort of feels like a woody allen movie in other respects at certain points as well but yes um but actually what i was going to just jump on there was the fact you, you talk about the levity in the film mm-hmm. adversely to queen and slim yeah. This actually, you know, this is levity that lends itself to the film naturally, rather than mm-hmm. being a complete juxtaposition of what you've previously seen in the last scene. So this yes. is an example of you can blend the drama with, you know, really funny moments. And I laughed, I laughed a good deal more in this than I think I did at Queen and Slim. <laughs> and this film is also more serious in that film. And I think that's that's the beauty of it is that it feels like it naturally works rather than being completely at odds with whatever yeah. you've seen. And I think I want I want to say just on that point that I made though, like I'm not saying that this should have been a different film because sure. you would be completely changing the type of film if you went for oh this is a completely different story. Yeah. I think the way it's presented is fantastic. I just think there are times where I kind of go, oh no, your life is so bad, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> like sure. like I get that it's a horrible situation, but at times I'm like oh mm. no. But that's literally me just kind of going, if I had to kind of search for stuff I didn't like, but actually I think it's very, it's very well written. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really nicely directed because it's nothing too flashy. It's nothing, it's nobody trying out 
no, there's no point where you go, oh yeah, you're just trying to do something that's a little bit kind of weird, a bit mm-hmm. like, like I say, when you reference it, let the story cool. speak for itself. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, those two central performances are fantastic. Like yeah. they really are. And just Adam Driver thing from Queen of Sim that I didn't like, but I'll <laughs> talk to you off air. No, we've already talked about it off air. So it's fine. <laughs> um, Adam Driver, like time and time again, just shows how good he really is. Yeah. Um, and you kind of go like, he's come out what the last four years really. He's just like appeared. Yeah, I'd say that last sort like, of. Yes, he was on Girls, and like six or seven years ago, he started being sort of presented to the mainstream and you know even in films like Inside Lewin Davis you, you could tell that there was something about him that was like oh, okay he's going to be something mm-hmm. and then you just keep seeing him in these things and more and more you see but him it's, you the, go. it's the really interesting thing of he's this modern movie star who is able to do stuff like this stuff like Black Clansman stuff like um you know that smaller end of stuff you know Logan Lucky but then he's also able to do Star Wars yeah. And he sells a character in Star Wars that, you know, comes from a pace of sort of broken emotion and stuff. And you go, this guy's really good at this. This guy mm-hmm. understands what needs to be done in the smaller stuff. He understands that you need to still bring a small element of that to the bigger stuff to make your character a, you know, an, an actual character. And we're not we're not huge fans of the new Star Wars films, all of them anyway. Well, the second ones are good. Yeah, I mean, Last Jedi is the greatest film of all time, as we all know. Uh, <laughs> Second great Star Wars film, though. Um, so yeah, so here's here's an example of someone who can bring something even to a franchise that may not be for you mm. all the time. You go, yeah, but he's really good in that role, and he understands how to embody a character like that. And I think you know, it's great to see him flourishing like yeah, this. And it's also great to see Scarlett Johansson in a movie like this because gives her something to do. Well, the last film I can remember going is Ghost the, in the Shell. Is Ghost in the Shell? Yeah. Uh, you know, apart from like the, uh, the apart Marvel, from the Marvel stuff. stuff yeah. um, you know, in Marvel stuff, she's great in. Yeah. Um, like she she is that character for me now. Um, but yeah, and then Ghost in the Shell, I'm like, and then Lucy. So to see her kind of back in this kind of area, like I the thing is you forget. The problem is sometimes you can forget how good somebody is until you see them and you're reminded again that yeah. actually they are. And great. she, you know, she's richly talented. I think she's really, really great in this role. And you know, her smaller stuff is always the more interesting stuff. You know, I'm not necessarily interested in the blockbuster mm-hmm. she's in, but things like Under the Skin and and this, and they're like, yeah, this yes. is the kind of stuff you you really want to see you in. This is this is it. And I, you know, it's a would recommend. Oh, no, it's... absolutely. And the main takeaway from this is, mm. if ever I'm at a party and you and a couple of your friends start singing, I'm walking out. Yeah, there is a scene of precociousness that is just <laughs> is. a little bit too unpalatable for my taste. <laughs> um, so that is in limited release in cinemas, but also widely available on, Netflix, on Netflix now. Like, so everyone's you know. got Netflix. Like, um, I'm pretty sure. Everybody in this world has Netflix. I think the numbers are not as high as you would predict. <laughs> I think. But it's it's absolutely worth. I think if we take you to the Central African Republic, you might um, find you mean, the numbers are slightly lower. Sorry, have you not heard of Netflixville? The highest population per capita of um, Netflix watchers. So yeah, on Netflix, but also in limited release as well in the cinemas. So catch it wherever you want to and let us know. Um, but anyway, that's it for this week. We did it! Uh, didn't get to see Honey Boy due to a Christmas party getting in the way. Didn't get to see... Jum- I got drunker than I wanted to is basically the longer the short of it. Didn't get to see Jumanji Free. But you'll see that presumably this week at mm-hmm. some point. I'm going to try and catch Honey Boy and Ordinary Love. Oh, we're... 
Next week, we're going to have a review of A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Yes. Which is also a preview thing. So that is another... It's coming out the same day as Queen and Slim over here. Ooh. So how about that? Uh, as always, guys, don't miss the podcasts. <laughs> Ooh, I nearly stole someone else's catchphrase. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Buzzsprout, Spotify, SoundHound. No, you can't. Uh, Stitcher. 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 Uh, Instagram, and that's it. Twitter and Instagram, at DinosaurMan15. Everywhere else, Dinosaur Man or Dinosaur Man Podcast. Or Dinosaur Man... No. No, no. no they all changed. Don't well, dead well, name us. Well, I think... Yes. Um, in some places, I think the page on Facebook is secretly down as Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. So if you do search that, it comes up, but it actually takes you to the Dinosaur Man Podcast. We ain't nerds anymore. Admin. We're that's jocks. Just admin. We are on the football team now. We are, we are kickers. kickers. <laughs> um, as always, John Neves did the theme song this week. It was uh, Think of a Joke. That's what it was. And this Andy, week. you've been the host, as usual. The host with the most. <laughs> and Easy job in the world, because I do the majority of the hosting. <laughs> wow, you're so bitter. I was going to say thank you, but actually no. Fuck you. Say, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you very much. Um, uh, Thank you, Alex. And until next time... Uh, Don't miss the podcast. If you do... I mean, how have you managed to listen to it and still miss it? (laughs) Did you try to steal the other... No, that was the same bit again. (laughs) I said don't miss the podcast both times. And if, if you're Fine, a, fuck it. Go and support Rick's Flicks. There you go. That's what I was about to say. I was about to say. If you're going to go steal his catchphrases. Yeah. If you want to see theme park videos from America, go yeah. watch Rick's and Flicks. And the weirdest relationship you ever see. I just think their relationship was weird, but I like it. I love it. He's a great man. Uh, he is a great man, and he just seems to be the. You know what? He is the purest man. <laughs> because I think he just enjoys being happy. He just likes theme parks, he, and that's cool. He likes love. And we don't. We hate love. Down I'm, with love. I'm like be- Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger said in that film. And I'm going to go fight this demon school now. Do you remember Down Everyone with Love? Down with love. Oh, I remember Down with Love too. Thank you, demon school. Uh, let me drink some Gatorade out of you. <laughs> like Gatorade? Christmas drink Gatorade. Boy! But- <laughs>